Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? What are you excited about? Back in Finland, Helsinki. <laughs> What's on your minds? The motherfuckers are too shy to ask a question. They came to a fucking Q&A, they're too fucking shy to ask a question. You see the shit I talk about? There it is. Finding, finding a path in life, how to get there. Finding a what? A finding a path, like path to walk on. What about it? What do you want? Like, uh, for example, like I've heard, like Indian Americans, they go to like this one place in nature for three days, and then they finally realize what they want to do in life. Like, what is your take on it? But how do you really? Find you want to go shit in the woods for three days by yourself? <laughs> you should go naked and see the northern lights. <laughs> With the wolves and bears. With the wolves and bears, yeah, and exactly. too cold for a reindeer. The reindeer migrating south. <laughs> A fennec fox or some shit. Yeah. You should, if you have to shit in the snow, you should wipe your ass with a fennec fox. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, no, I mean, I, I think you know, I, I'm not a fucking hippie, and I, I, when I hear this shit of, uh, you know, I don't know, take fucking drugs and hang out in the woods, or you know, I, mean, I don't know, I see how that would happen, like a, as a Spartan tradition, perhaps, where. Uh, you know, the, a, a Spartan throws his seven-year-old child or ten-year-old child, I, f I forget the specifics of the stories, but uh, the Spartan sends the ten-year-old the boy, uh, you know, out in the wilderness to uh, kill something and bring back meat or just starve and die. And uh, that's a lot fucking more noble than what most people are doing on Earth today. But um, you know, I, when I hear this hippie-type shit of, you know, take some fucking hallucinogens and hang out in the forest or... Uh, you know, this Vipassana is like, you know, oh, it's been fucking 10 days, you know, ooh, uh, um, you know, I'm not even saying, you know, like, I'm not anti-meditation, and meditation might be useful for somebody, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe it's number 80 on my to-do list of, you know, if I, if I lived long enough, I'd probably take up meditation myself, you know, but just go fucking do something and you'd feel better about yourself. Yeah. Just go fucking do something and you'll, you'll find some purpose, you know, and, if, if you don't know who you are and what you want, how the fuck would you ever get it? And you, you don't need to go spend a, a week in the wilderness and wipe your ass with a fox to, to understand that. But, you know, go spend uh, two days in a bathroom. Go lock, not in the sauna, don't lock yourself in the sauna. You, know, you guys, everyone has a sauna in their home here, I understand. Don't, don't lock yourself in the sauna for two days. But, you know, I, I say a bathroom, you know, why, what, is, what is the point? Is the bathroom a special place? No, so the point is, don't get distracted, you know, no telephone, no computer, no contact with other humans. Go find a place where you could spend two days like that. No telephone, no computer, no contact with other humans. And you know, the, the more you could just have like, you know, food and water in a, in a fucking toilet, in a shower, in a notepad and two or three pens, you'd just be in great shape. You know, and nobody will do that. You know, this, I don't know, very few people do that. They'd rather fucking, they'd say, oh, that sounds extreme. I'll just figure it out by myself. Oh, I'll just spend 10 minutes thinking about it in my car. And that's why these guys are fucking turds. That's why they don't accomplish anything. So they don't even care enough about themselves. They don't have enough <laughs> self-respect to, to and care enough about themselves to take two days out of life to go actually set some plans or goals or get to know yourself. You don't need to do some fucking hippie shit or some psychedelic drug or something to do that. Just, just take two days to go get to know yourself. You'd be really shocked what you figure out. You'd be really quite shocked of uh, what kind of man am I? What kind of life would I like to live? 
given those two, the answers to those two, who would be the best companions? That's your lovers, that's your friends, that's a you know, business partner, colleagues, allies of whatever kind. Who'd be the best people, the best companions to spend that life with? And you, know, you, can't, you can't screen people out. You're just gonna waste your fucking time and then you're gonna die if you don't understand the answers to those two, three things. You're going to waste your life and you're going to die. But most people won't do it. I don't like those people. I don't, I don't like to talk to them. I don't like to, I don't want them around me. I don't want them as clients. I don't want them to pay to spend time with me. I don't even want them to be my client. A person that doesn't love himself enough to, to think seriously about that, a person that doesn't love himself enough to invest in himself, I don't want to spend time with that person either. I think they're disgusting humans. But that, that would clarify everything for you. That's just a structure. That's not, I don't tell anybody you should live your life like I'd have. Just live whatever life you'd be happy with. Find, find your happiness. Pursue your happiness. Pursue your own guy. Whatever the fuck would make you happy. Whatever, you know, these are not noble questions. Don't mistake that as like a noble, nice guy question. What kind of man, I mean, what kind of mammal are you? What sort of, what sort of bestial animal are you? Not in a grandiose way, but you know, under what circumstances uh, would you be willing to die for this thing or that thing? What sort of creature are you? And, and given your human nature, what are the things that would bring you the, you know, the most happiness? And you know, you'd have to think about that as sort of a long-term long-term rational hedonism of you know, over a long time horizon, what's the shit that would give me the most happiness points or utils in economics terms, they would call it utils. To, to talk to, mere, to normal people that don't study that shit, you just call that happiness points. What would get you the most happiness points over the course of your life? Just go do that. If it doesn't include whoever, you know, some fucking coworker or whatever else, some turd that's slithering around in your life that was your friend in sixth grade but hasn't really done anything for the last decade, fuck that guy. If it doesn't include him, don't spend any time with these people, including your family, including who you think your friends are. You're just wasting your lives. You guys are just wasting your lives doing this shit. Oh, Derek, that's mean. Fuck you. <laughs> Derek's so mean. What type of business partner would you men like to have? What are some attributes you would like in, in, a, in a teammate or a business partner? Integrity. Honesty. Just give me a few more. If, if, you want, if you want a high-quality business partner, if you want high-quality teammates, whatever you're doing, business or career, whatever you're doing, if you want high-quality women, just be that type of man, just what you guys just said. Smart, hardworking, aggressive, ability, talented. Just be that type of man, and you would naturally attract those type of people. And it would be alienating. You know, good communication is not getting along with everybody. Good communication is alienating the people that are, that are not in answer number three over there. Good communication is not to get along with people. You should, you should, you know, should be communicating in a way that would delight the type of people that you would like to meet and at the same time be offensive or alienating to the people that you would not like to spend time with. I prefer they never speak to me. I prefer that I've sufficiently offended them. If I've offended someone here, fuck you, and feel free to leave any moment. It's not who I came here to talk to. I came here to talk to the, the few men. They're, you know, they're serious, they're motivated, they're already good at something. They're serious of having a better outcome in other areas of their life. Those are the only men that I like to speak to. Those are the only women that I like to speak to. And if it's not that type of person, I, I just don't care at all. And it's, you know, the screening, screening is not something you're doing Screening is just answering those three questions deeply. 
and then communicating that to the world of, you know, I know who I am, I know what I want, these are the type of people that they would be greatly benefit from spending time with someone like me. If it's not one of those type of people, you know, have a good night, enjoy your life, I wish you the best. You know, I know who I am, I know what I want. The, the right type of people should come be a part of that. The other people should go do something else. It's not for them, it's not for me. It's not a good fit. But let me clarify that what, what I mean by this is that um, if you went out in the world and you, you met some people, you know, man or woman, if you went out in the world and talked to people, you know, the normative effect is that you don't care for these people, that you don't, uh, they're not going to be your, your new best friend, it's not going to be your business partner, it's just a person. It doesn't mean they're a bad person, doesn't mean you, you wish for their death or something. We're not talking about a, a mental illness or a personality disorder. I'm just saying, like, the normal thing is, if, if you went out in the world, just think to yourself, answer this question to yourself, of the, of the last thousand people that you've met, you know, just say men, say men for now. For the last thousand men that you've spoken to, how many are your, your very close friend? It's like zero to two. If somebody said like 10, I don't want to be friends with that guy. I don't want to be friends with somebody who said, oh, you 10, 20. If, you know, it's, it's, it's not even one or two percent. It's like, you know, zero, one, two. And there's, there's probably 20 more people that, you know, if you've seen them again, that'd be just fine. And if you've never seen them again, that would be just fine too. All right. So that's perfectly you know, acceptable in a, in a man's mind when he thinks about that. That's perfectly acceptable or reasonable. He's like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. You, you guys aren't here because you're a piece of shit. You guys are here. Like, you, you are the most serious people in your country. Um, has anybody here come from a different country? You come from Estonia or... So, yeah. So let's put, put your hands up one more time just so you can look at each other. It's like, look how many people came from a different country to be here today. So. Yeah, like you, you're, this, this is not a group of losers. What about, uh, well, we have already been discussing about developing personality. For example, for you, you clearly don't give a shit what other people think about you. Uh, and, well, that, that is a mindset. And I'm interested in how to develop that kind of mindset. We already, like... We, we talked about it in the first question right here. We talked about it with this man. It, you know, you know who you are and you know what you want. And I do care what people think about me. I want to make sure that the right people, the type of people that we would have a good relationship together, I want to be clear enough in my personality and clear enough in my communication that it would be, it would be natural that we would gravitate. He and I have a little special something. Yeah, I was, it was like what he was talking about, like his training, and then he yeah. kind of like built the, like the mindset while doing it. So how to kind of like tackle this kind of problem for, for example, for me, I'm thinking like what other people are thinking about me. I it's irrelevant. It's like a, like a process on how to, well. It's just irrelevant, you know, it's, so it's just like good communication. Well, you're, you're just wasting your life, bro. It's like, you know, okay. Yeah, I know that, but still. <laughs> what does it matter what some stranger thinks of you? It just doesn't matter. Mm. Just, you, you've got, how, how old are you? 33. 33? 33 years, third of a century you've gone without knowing someone. And you go talk to them. If they don't like you, could you go on another 33 years without knowing that one human? Could you spend the next 33 years without that stranger? You spent the last 33 years out with a stranger. You couldn't spend the next 33 years out without that stranger. You couldn't find somebody else. This, this thing where you're, you're saying, you know, oh, I don't give a fuck what people think of me. Well, you know, if, if you're just, there's a couple ways to look at that. If you're like some, uh, if you're a mentally ill tard, 
and you're like, you know, I don't care what the world thinks of me. And then you like shit on the floor and set the curtains on fire. It's just not going to be relatable to anybody. It's just not going to be relatable to you know. Nobody here wants to hang out with somebody like that. So I don't give a fuck. And they you know throw the table over and shit on the floor right there. So I don't care what you think. Smell my ass. <laughs> you know I don't know. I don't really want to hang out with that guy. Probably you don't either. You know. So he's he's giving us information to make an easy decision that we're not going to spend too much time around someone like that. So the, the, whole, the only point is, is you know, if I say I don't care what a stranger thinks of me, all I'm saying is that uh, I, I don't want to spend my time with the wrong person. I want to communicate in a way that the right person would understand who I am, have, have a good understanding of my goals, of my values, and we, we, we would naturally gravitate to one another. You don't have to get along with everybody. You're really causing yourself a lot of extra frustration that's unnecessary. You're thinking deeply about it. You're eager to say something else, so go ahead. What, what else? Well, yeah, kind of like for you, have you been always like that? Have you always not to give fucks about what, what other people think, or did you develop that kind of trait in yourself? No, you, you'll spend a number of years of your life being frustrated with others, and you, know, and you should get, eradicate this. Just get this out of your system. Do it sooner than later. You're 33, you said. 33, yeah? How, how, put it on your schedule. How much more time do you want to waste? How, much, how many more years do you want to spend around people that you don't even like? Then why are you doing it? It's a, don't, it's, that, that really cuts through it. It's like, uh, you're going to die. It's, it's statistically improbable that any of us are going to be the world's first immortal. You're going to die. So how do you want to spend your life between now and then? Just answer that question for yourself. I'm going to die. What would I like to do with the time that I have? And how much of it do I want to waste before I start taking action to do the thing? To do what I know is necessary to have the outcome that I desire? And you know, the, the ideal answer would be zero. Now, it probably won't, you know, in, in reality, you probably won't spend zero time on it. But for fuck's sake, just be a reasonable human and you know, minimize this wasted time. Just respect your life while you have it. I can't wait. I was wondering, uh, how do you like, uh, spot your blind spots? How do you improve uh, if you, if you, you have to find teachers. It's called a blind spot because you're too dumb to see it. And we all have it. I have plenty of blind spots. And all of you do too. And anybody here that doesn't think they have a blind spot is a goddamn fool. It's called a blind spot because it's something that by definition you're not going to find out about yourself unless someone tells you. And then, then, then some nice guys here some of the nice guys, they'll never tell you. They'll never tell you. They'll ne your, best friend, your best friend in life might never tell you that your breath smells like chewed up assholes. <laughs> if you've got a friend that you know, he's, he's willing to move some lint off your shoulder or give you a breath mint, that's probably a real friend. You better be nice to that person. Because you know, some of you, you know, think about it yourself. Think of the awkwardness where you know, maybe, maybe in a professional setting or even with your close friends, um, you're like, you know, well, you know, his fucking, he's got a stain on his jacket, but it'd be awkward for me to mention it. Or, you know, there's some, some problem, but it'd be awkward to mention it, so I'll just let it go. And he's going to walk around all day with it, whatever this problem is, and maybe for the rest of his life. And that's what people do. So how do you get around that? It's like, you, you know, you have to develop two things. You have to go find coaches and mentors. And secondly, you have to go develop a peer group around you that you have that type of open communication that somebody could point out to you, like you know, with your best intentions in mind, not some asshole, but somebody that's you know, 
perhaps an asshole to the world, but at least when he speaks to you, has your best intentions in mind, and say, you know, hey man, have you ever thought about doing this? You know, hey, I, I noticed this attribute or this behavioral pattern about you that you know, if you considered changing it this way, you might be better off. It's, it's rare to find somebody like that. It's rare to find anybody like that. So go find a subject matter expert first and pay that person to help you, and, and then to go develop a peer group like that. The guys that don't do that, they, they don't win. You know, when Michael Jordan, in the prime of his career, at the peak of his career, had 10 coaches, had 10 coaches helping him. It was like, you know, anybody that's a high top, a top, top performer, they have coaches. I, I feel stupid. I mentioned Brandon earlier. Brandon Carter is you know, really quite a good friend of mine. And I feel fucking stupid that, um, you know, when I, when I was a teenager, I was interested in bodybuilding and I was lifting weights uh, you know, three years pretty seriously. And then I injured myself, and I, and I really, really couldn't for like a year. Um, and I never got back into it until I was about your age, you know, 32, 33. And, um, you know, I, I hired him, and he didn't even want to work with me. You know, he wanted to just work for free, and I, I don't like free. I want to pay you what an external client would pay you. Um, any case, I paid him several thousand dollars to, to go to the gym with me six times, six times. And you know, what I learned in those six times going to the gym together, the things that he could point out and tell me, you know, change this little thing. You know, hold your elbows like that for the tricep pull down, you know? Change, little thing, little thing, little thing. I felt so stupid that I just spent a year and a half before that, before I got help. I spent a year and a half fumbling around like a dumbass because I'm like, oh, I did it 15 years ago. I generally know what to do. And I asked him, like, what do you, what do you think that cost me in terms of, of you know, muscular gains? of you know, spending that year and a half or so fucking around by myself. And he's like, oh, it would have been a lot. And I said, tell me in numbers. What do you, you know, he's like, you know, maybe 10 pounds. Maybe 10 pounds. So he thinks I got half of the results that I could have had for similar effort or less effort. And I hurt my fucking elbow dumb, being a dumbass by myself, which then took time to heal too and reduce my gains. So you know, I, look, when I wanted, when I wanted uh, to be good at business, I, I spend over $40,000 a year just on memberships to different groups to, uh, entrepreneurial groups and other social networking groups like that. I spend over 40000 a year just on that. So I want access to the right people. I want to be around subject matter experts. Uh, I've spent over a million dollars between universities. I spent nine years in universities. I went to some of the best. I'm a high school dropout, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know that. So I had a ridiculous, tumultuous childhood. And it, it's just pain and misery. When you have shitty people around you and you have bad role models, it's just pain and misery. And you know, you know, books and mentors and coaches and teachers, that's the difference between like poverty and, and misery and stupidity versus doing whatever the fuck you want. And you know, the majority of you went to college anyway. It's like, you know, the, the reason you're doing as well as you are today is because you had coaches and mentors and teachers that helped you. So like, that's what it is. So anything new that I want to learn, um, the, the path of least resistance is, you know, get, hire, hire a fucking best coach you can afford from the beginning. For anything, for anything you want to be good at. If you want, if you want people to contribute to the most to you, you're probably going to have to make yourself useful and, and be willing to contribute to others too. And you know, just just accept that. Just you know, there's nothing to be butthurt about. There's nothing to be. It's like you know, oh, the, the more the more I make myself capable of killing shit and bringing back meat, the more I, the more resourceful I could be to the tribe. You know, the higher quality tribe we're going to have because it ups the standards for everybody else that's going to be a part of that tribe. It makes it a benefit that somebody else would be excited to join your tribe. And you, you know, have that long-term perspective of like, what can I do today to make the rest of my life better? How could I, how could I add value? Um, you know, the, 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 the richest people in the world are not thieves and scoundrels. The richest people in the world are someone who contri contributed 
a tremendous consumer surplus to society. You know, when you think of what an iPhone is, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know what my fucking phone costs. I think twelve hundred dollars. You know, but if if the fucking thing cost twelve thousand dollars instead, I still would have bought it. If my option was like, oh, I was going to say BlackBerry, but I might as well say Nokia. So here we're here. So we'll say if my option was an old school Nokia phone versus a fucking you know pay twelve thousand dollars for the iPhone, I would pay twelve thousand dollars for the iPhone. And I'd say, God damn, that's expensive. I could have bought a phone for forty bucks, but it doesn't do the same things, does it? So you know, the, why why is that such a valuable company? Because they create a tremendous consumer surplus. You know, people like that shit. And so you know, it's. Find, find that way that uh, you could add value to others, that you could, uh, you know, this, this giving value shit doesn't mean that you're a, a dumbass altruist that's, you know, bankrupting yourself to take care of the homeless. You know, giving value means, you know, you, you made yourself a competent and, and, and capable and responsible person, and then, and then you answered those questions there, before or after, and then, then you have a, a screening mechanism the answer to that third question, you know, who are the right companions for that life, and you know, ruthlessly avoid the people that would waste your time. You know, it's uncomfortable for him and for me, for me to tell the guy, like, you know, I'm done, we're done fucking talking, leave if you don't like it. It makes it uncomfortable for the whole room. You know what makes it more uncomfortable for the whole room? Answering 12 more dumbass questions along the vein of like, how can I get an outcome I don't deserve? How can I avoid you know, two weeks of, of psychological frustration to have a lifetime of fucking joy and happiness and abundance? You know, how can I avoid these little, these little petty things, these little barriers of entry that are just simply necessary to have the type of outcomes? And you, you hear this man's annoyance when he talks about bodybuilding and when somebody says, you know, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? You know? It's like, no, just do the, the one thing. It'd be fucking, you know, Go to the gym when you don't feel like it. The one thing would be a self-discipline type of thing. The one thing would be like, you know, oh, I have to go, you know, even if I'm not in the mood to do the thing, I still have to go do the thing, because that's what I do. That's what you do. So, you know, that, that's, that's the fucking one thing. So, you know, at, at age 23, I just started learning about this stuff when I was your age. And, you know, in, in, in that time, I'll, I'll just I'll use a different metric, because it's, you know, this, this is more poignant in my life, is, you know, I, when I was 18, I was a high school dropout. Uh, I was in county jail. I was, uh, it wasn't good. And you know, I, in, in 10 and a half years after that, um, I had two university degrees. I was on my way to the University of Chicago Business School, which at that time was universally ranked the number one business school. Um, I had a million dollar net worth uh, you know, at age 29 few days after my 29th birthday, and I'd love to lie about it and say it was 28, but it's just not true. Um, my, my ego is a little disturbed by that, or I never even would have made the comment. So I wish it was 28 instead of 29, but it's 29. But you know, more importantly, I, I multiplied that in the aftermath, and, and I multiplied that again. And you know, by, by the time I was 33, I, I knew I, oh, I never had to work again. By the time I was 33, I, knew, I, I did the math on it, and I'm like, oh, it's been a year and change since I hit the break-even point where I could continue my current burn rate, my spending rate, and I would probably run out of years before I ran out of money, you know? And, and the things that I did in that, you know, 10 or 15 years, um, you know, my, my dating life is, it's a weird thing for a man to say, but my dating life is legendary. I've had a fantastic sex life. I have fantastic friends. The money's been great. Education's been great. Um, that took me, you know, 10, 15 years, depending on what we're talking about. 
and you know, and I had kind of shitty mentors. Now you're 23 and you're here, which means you're not, you're 23 and you're here, you just had to see it. He like jumped down the steps in like a superhero hero type move and it was, it was a dramatic movie scene, you just had to see it. Um, you're 23 and you're here and you have better mentors and better information and you have the internet to use too and like, bro, like you're not supposed to do what I did. If you're a serious guy, you're supposed to do a lot better. I, di I didn't come here to try to help you do what I did in you know, 10, 15 years. Like, you're supposed to do way better, your own version of it, whatever will make you happy, but you probably wouldn't mind like, you know, great friends, a lot of money, you probably wouldn't mind that, you know? You had a lot of world travel, like, you know, you probably wouldn't be disappointed if you did those things, so. But add whatever the answers are to your questions, go get what you want, you know? You know, the, the, the guy who has a victim question, victim question versus a guy is like, where's the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? You know, you, you can do whatever you want. You do whatever you want, and it, it's, it's, not, it's not this big step function, you know? Like, you know, I, I go along a little bit, and then a big and then a plateau and it's you know it just it's just a little bit every day success is i forget who says this or i give him credit for it but you know success is just a, a series of positive habits repeated daily for a long period of time and failure is a, a series of negative habits repeated daily for a long period of time so you, you can do whatever you want just choose wisely choose choose something be, be thoughtful of it while you're young be thoughtful of it now so you could, you could really optimize your, the time's gonna go by anyway, but if, if you just optimized it, you'd have more fun, you'd have better resources, you'd have, you have more of everything you want. Uh, can you do like, uh, at the same time, you improve your business aspect and the dating life aspect at the same time, or do you just like focus at one? Like I, one I always like two things. Now, you know, it's gonna be different, okay? I, I know a person that tries to do 10 or 20 things, they're going to do nothing. I, I, could, I would bet everything on that. I would bet everything that I have and everything I could borrow that a man who thinks he's going to be great at 10 things, he's going to be great at exactly zero. I, I never, I'm not smart enough. I had a very good IQ and I'm not smart enough to go do three things at the same time. And most of you probably aren't either. There might be one person in this room, I doubt it. I doubt it and I, I say that humbly, I don't say that in a cocky way. There's probably no one in this room that can go do, you know, I don't know. How many things is Elon Musk good at? He seems like a pretty smart guy and pretty ambitious. And he has, you know, and he constantly fucks up his deadlines, constantly, constantly. And uh, you know, I don't think anybody in here would have their feelings hurt saying that he's, he's probably a smarter man and a more ambitious man than any of us. So here, you know, what did he do well? He's, yeah, he's done a couple things pretty well, but not at the same time. So it tends to be sequentially, you know? So I, I just don't see people doing I've never seen it. I don't see people doing three things fantastic at the same time. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't learn many things over the course of your lifetime. And you know, for me, I, I wanted to learn about you know, business and finance things. I wanted good grades in academia. I wanted my business life to be good, and I wanted my dating life to be good. And those kind of the three things that I spent a lot of my life focused on. And I could do two at a time. You know, pick two, and the third one would be vastly neglected. And then you do, you know, you might shuffle that if you know. Graduate, you know, or college and girls, college and business, you know, girls and business, you know, college and business again, you know. So, but it would cycle like that, and I would have a primary thing that I put most of my energy and attention. And when you when you when you feel like you've really topped out there, that you're having diminishing returns on more energy allocated there, but then you work on your secondary thing, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up and work on just those two things tomorrow. And then you go to sleep and you just wake up and work on those two things tomorrow. My team and I laugh 
I don't have to work at all. But my team and I laugh about people that take time off, take a weekend off, take a day off. I don't need a day off ever. I never need a day off. I don't feel like what I'm doing is even work. I'm more productive than most everybody, and I don't even feel like it's work. It's like, you know, find something, you know, find something that you can make money with, okay? So if, if your passion is like swimming with dolphins or some stupid shit, so oh, I'm very passionate about swimming with the dolphins. Well, well that sounds kind of weird, really, but, you know, find something that you can make money with, find something that, uh, that's useful to other humans, and, you know, if you did that, you're, you don't need a day off. You should just, you could outwork everybody. Elon doesn't take time off, he just works. He makes fun of people that don't work 80 hours a week. I think he's right. And I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not a fanboy of his. Some people really think he's fantastic. I think he's a smart guy, good guy. That's nice. But uh, this work-life balance thing is a sham. It's like, yeah, this, is, this is so middle class people can stay in the middle class and feel good about themselves and then shame you for trying to be aggressive and trying to get something done. If you, if you worked 80 hours a week instead of 40, even if you sucked, even if you couldn't find any synergies, you would still have you know, double the income and, than, a, than a normal peasant would. You know, after you developed a, a skill set, uh, what are some things you're already talented at for your age? What are some skills or talents you already have? Skill and talent. Well, I've been like, working for sales now, and I'm studying right now at university. And also, I have some other side thing I do, like sport and gym a lot. You have a tiger mom that made you play an instrument or something? Uh, no. no. I want to play the instrument, but I didn't have the opportunity. No tiger mom, okay. No. Oh, your self-esteem's a little better, but your musical talent is down. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you look, if, you, if you already did something at a high level, that you developed a, a, a significant talent, um, it's easy to maintain that at, you know, 85, 90% of your, of your peak, you know? It's easy to maintain that 85, 90%. And then if you wanted to go back to it, it'd be no trouble, you know? And then you, but, but you can go reallocate your energy and you can learn something else and you can learn it quicker, you know? So that, that is one thing is, you know, through your 20s, through your 30s, if you're motivated, you know, through your 20s, you're, you're building those first core skill sets. And through your 30s and 40s, for that matter, if you're motivated, you'll be able to learn the next thing quicker. Because you, you already learned how to learn. You already have the discipline component in place. You've already accepted what the learning process is. And, and, you're, and you can look at the world more objectively as you develop you know, a, a broader knowledge base and a deeper knowledge base and more talents, et cetera. You see the world a bit more objectively and you find the synergies of, oh, I, I could learn this other thing you know, even quicker. And I could learn this other difficult thing even quicker. You know? So it's not that you can't do many, many things over the course of your lifetime, but you know, a, a person who says he's gonna change you know, five things, 10 things, I, I think he's probably going to fail. I don't, I don't see people do that successfully. Like never, not like once in a while. It's like, like never, I just don't see people do that successfully. I was wondering if you say that focus on just two things at a time. Say you work eight hours a day and you go to the gym and eat, that takes maybe three hours and then you've got like a few hours still left before you go to bed, then would you see it as stupid doing those other things as smaller side projects? Start somewhere. Just start somewhere. You know, read a book a couple pages a day if that's all you got time for. Yeah. You know, if if I'm you know, if I get in the uh, Uber taxi whatever, first thing I tell them to do is turn the music off. First thing I say, you know, you know please turn the music off. I have a you know, very important email to take care of. And I'm taking care of my messages, you know, texts and emails. 
Uh, I don't want to hear the fucking noise and distraction. So, you know, and, and I'm traveling constantly. When I, when I get on the airplane, um, if I'm not doing something with my laptop, then I'm listening to an audio book. Sometimes I'm doing both. So I'm listening to an audio book. And, you know, and I spend a lot of time flying. So that's, you know, a couple hundred hours per year easy of extra information in my head that's, you know, it's, it's like reading 20 books. Like very easy, that's like reading an extra, it's, it's more than that. I go through easy two books a month. So it's, you know, a couple dozen books, um, you know, just on the airplane, you know, plus whatever I actually spend with a physical book in my hand at home or some other information. So, you know, a, a normal person probably reads, you know, two books a year. It's like a normal, you know, that's not like a loser, that's like a 50th percentile normal person is consuming something like, you know, two or three books a year. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting through, you know, 24 books just passively like that, you know, plus more. And, you know, th th just over time, it's just those, those little things where you're wasting 10 minutes here, or you could just be leisurely, you could watch the movie on the jet, or you could watch a documentary. You could watch the movie on the jet, or you could listen to a couple hours of a book that, that would help you be more, uh, a more useful person. And um, I, I, don't, I don't need... Uh, you know, just this, this substitution to leisure that people do very early in life. They want it, you know, leisurely, everything leisure and easy. And, you know, in, in Western culture, and I think my country is the worst offender, you know, the, the Americans, uh, they've made it popular that, uh, like, it, like, it's cool if you do nothing. If you just do nothing and, and magically had a good outcome, you know, that's like the ideal, like, for, to, for a lot of young people in America. They're not even thinking that, you know, oh, if I was hardworking and had a good outcome, okay, but you know what would be really cool? If I could just do nothing and have an outcome that I totally don't deserve. You know, that, that would be like an ideal. And you know, you just, just look at any social media nonsense and you'll see that, uh, that theme very quickly. And it's, it's really pathetic. And uh, it, it doesn't happen, it's a fairy tale. It's, it's a fairy tale that allows you to believe that somehow you're special, you're a special unicorn. And you know, there's some, some magical principles of the, rule, uh, of the world uh, that apply to only you. And it, it's, it's really a, a, a tr terrible delusion that people are suffering from that like, you know, oh, I could get the outcome without, uh, you know, without earning it. Charlie Munger, I've said this many, many times. Uh, I've quoted Charlie Munger, who's Warren Buffett's business partner. He's 95 right now. He's still alive and, you know, I mean, amazingly sharp man for 95 years old. It's good if you're still breathing at 95, you know? And for, for the way his brain works is really uh, amazing and impressive. But uh, Charlie says, uh, you know, the best way to get what you want in life is to deserve it. So how would the world be so insane to go around rewarding a bunch of undeserved people? And you know, just just accept that. Just pay the price and uh, get your get what you want, man. Just pay the price and get what you want. That's the shortcut. Find the best coaches. Find the best mentors. Find people that can can cut that learning curve, and I, I even take a, a bit of, uh, I, I find it uh, the learning curve thing is a bit off. You know, when, when we say cut your learning curve, there, there's a presumption that you are going to figure it out by yourself. There's a presumption that you are going to be able to figure it out by yourself. You're not. So you're, you're going to figure out, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just unnecessary. It's like, you know, if you were, if you wanted to be a physicist, it would be in your best interest to learn what other people with that aspiration, what have they done before you, you know? What did Newton think? What did Einstein think, et cetera, you know? Um, in any, any area of subject matter expertise, if you wanted to be a prize fighter, it would be in your best interest to go look back at, you know, the, the history, the video archives of other people that were, were boxers or this or that, you know? 
So that's what people do. May Mayweather talks about this, and like Mayweather's so dumb he can't even read. True, he can't read, but you know he's 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 humble enough to say that you know he's fifty and O, not because he was the best offensive fighter, but he has a tremendous defense. And he learned a lot of that tremendous defense looking at the history of boxing, like looking at videos from, you know, old black and white videos from forever ago and understanding like what's the shit that works or the shit that doesn't work through the evolution of his sport. You know, that's how you have a 50-0 record. It's, it's not being, you know, he is, he is terribly cocky. Um, but it's, you know, that's not what helped, well, probably it did help him win. But, uh, you know, the, the defense, the education the, that he got himself about that, and his father was a great boxer himself. His father was a great boxer and was his manager and coach for many, many, many years. And, you know, it's, those things don't happen accidentally. It's, you know, you, you understand the history of the area that you're working in. He found subject matter experts, you know, his father and other trainers to work with. It's like, that's how you get shit done. The people that don't do that are going to fail. It's what it is. What else are you guys thinking about? What do you think about Chief? First of all, thank you for coming here, like in Finland. I love it here. Listening to your thing on YouTube. And uh, I really appreciate you coming here, you know. Thank you. I know a lot of people come, for example, if I wouldn't be in, from England, I would have to go and take a plane to the States and blah, 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 you know. And actually, it's like, wow, this guy asked to come here and you talk to us like this. And let's say like, like this, you hang out with, uh, let's say, millionaires. You, you, you notice that there's, everybody has some kind of same mindset. But is there somebody who came there, you like, Whoa, I never thought about it. He's really, really like outstanding. Something, something was special there. Like. I, I, that's why I do these talks. I go, I go all around the world. You're, you're idealizing what a millionaire is. You know, anybody in this room who is pretty serious, and I know there's high taxes here, okay? So I know there's high taxes in Finland, and that is not your friend. But anybody here that was very serious to, to go find a million dollars or a million euros, you could go do that. A, a man that has the discipline to do what you've done in the gym, if you just changed a few other habits financially, you could go find a million euros if you really cared. It'd be, it'd be the same process you've already gone through. You make a few sacrifices in the short term, you change your schedule, you change your time, you focus your attention on a few different things, and you just do that consistently for a period of time. And you make yourself useful to others and you have a million euros. And if you had that, you'd want two million. And if you had that, you'd want five million. And that's, you know, but you already developed the habits. It's not so easier to get from you know one million to two million, or two million to five million. The first million is hard, but then after you have a habit and a system, and, and you you do what you do. So uh, you know, th this is not something you know over here or up there. Is you know if that's something you are serious about, you you already have the right type of brain and the right type of uh, uh, you know discipline or self-respect to go do something like that. So don't think of it as like something you know oh, you know. I, 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 I've done well uh, financially, but and I, I want a lot more, frankly. You, you don't you don't need billions of dollars. If you had you know ten million, twenty million, you do whatever you want. And it's, it's be, you know, easy to go find a you know it's it's not easy, but it, it's it'd be it'd be no more difficult and maybe less difficult than what you've done with your physique. Really? Yeah, it's just a habit. It's just understanding like what are some financial fundamentals. What, what, can I, what could I learn that would help me be more valuable to others? How could I contribute more value to others? And how do I monetize that so that, you know, that if, if, you know, if I could help you make a, a million dollars this year, you're very happy to give me 300,000. Sure. And would you like to do that only once? 
Would it be, could we do that a second time or a third time? You know, so it, I just, it's just creating consumer surpluses. What, what could I do to help someone solve a painful problem that uh, they'd be happy to compensate me for? And you're not even selling something then. I mean, everybody I went to school with, graduate school, you know, they, they have these jobs that he's talking about, that you get 300,000, 500,000, they all went and did that. Uh, if I wanted to go get a, a job like that, I'd be depressed and uh, make less money than I'm already making doing nothing. But uh, um, I mean, I, I just I say what I said earlier, bro. Is like you know, I was here. Think about this. Think about what's possible in ten years this way. It's like when I was 18, I, you know, a high school dropout, was in jail. My father had 15 years in prison. My uncle 15 years in prison. My friends, what happened to them in the aftermath is my, my six close friends, three of them are dead. One of them, 30 years prison. One of them, life, real life, he will never come home. He's been locked up for 10 years, he will never come home. Um, and the sixth one, he is crippled because he is stupid. He's uh, uh, drunk and high at work with heavy equipment like, like Caterpillar machinery, and he injured himself badly, and he was, he'll be injured for life, you know? And those are the six people that I was spending time with. And if you said, you know, 10 years later, um, be, because I was reading books, because I was going to university, because I was staying, keeping away from those people and moving closer to better people, just a little bit every day, just a little bit every day. And like, you know, the, that's what it took for me to have from a very below average, not a good situation, from a very bad situation to make a, you know, a rather good situation. That took me 10 and a half years. And five years after that, you know, I had graduate degree. I multiplied the money several times, and um, you know, you'll have setbacks. You'll have all sorts of problems, and you will fix them, and you'll feel very good about yourself because you because you're the type of guy that whatever happens is going to be good. You're going to make it work. You're going to fix something. There's going to be some problem, but you're going to fix it. You know, and that's how it is. And you know, so you know, now let's talk about how old are you right now? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So are you telling me at thirty-one? Looking like you do, and you know, looking confident and smart, and you, mm, all right. So you're telling me at 31 that you couldn't do better than I did at 18. At 31, from 18 till 29, I did quite well. Yeah, no, I, you I could do much I'm better. Very honest with myself, I know already. I've been listening to you, and I know there's some many some bullet points that I really need to uh, develop better skills. You know, I'm very honest with myself. I'm Good. not going there. Hey. I'm the fucking guy, you know. I really, I really take, and I always like constructive feedback, what to do, and you know, and this and that. And I, I put myself. I have an ego problem. Good. I put myself around smart people, or you know, he and I are friends. Is he's he's ten years older than me, and I ask his advice about this or that or different business things that, uh, you know, he is. Uh, well, he has several people working for him. He's paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to run his business interests. You know, so he's. Uh, He's doing quite well for himself. So I have, I have many friends like that that I, you know, and, and he does too. We were just talking about it two hours ago. Is you know, you join other entrepreneurial groups, you join other business groups, and you put yourself around other business leaders and you know people that are serious and motivated. Um, and, and it'd be in your selfish best interest to uh, to be pretty open and honest with those people rather than trying to bullshit them. So they can tell you like you know, hey, have you ever thought about this? So they can help you with a blind spot. So they can help you fix some of the stupid shit that all of us are doing, and uh, that's how you get better. You know, find smarter people to tell you. You know, oh, this person knows more about that than I do. Let me ask their opinion. You know, what else could I do? What else could I do? What else could I do? What is the blind? What am I missing? What is the blind spot that I'm missing? That's how you get better. And you know, 
the more you could put your ego aside and say, you know what, well, let me just do what works. And get rid of these fantasies and fairy tales. Quit telling anybody a fairy tale. Quit telling ourselves a fairy tale. Which all of us do, by the way. I bet you saying that to you is that everybody is telling themselves some bullshit story. And the more you, you, you know, if you could get rid of, move further away from your bullshit story and just, you know, more close to objective reality of like, well, what, what are the fucking, what is the truth here? And what do I, you know, if, I, if I'm here and I want to be there, what, what's the next step? Right, let me do that right fucking now. And then what else? And then what else, you know? And that's how anything gets done. That's how a skyscraper gets built. That's, that's how you, you, you're strong and fit. How long have you been lifting weights, Serious. 13 years. But how can I get muscles like you this week? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's a, it's a joke. What, what are some other things that you're good at? What other talents or skills do you have? Me? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm a very good singer, and uh, I'm a professional poker player yeah. for nine years. Nice. Those two. So if, if you weren't allowed to do, uh, you know, if you were not allowed to play poker for the next six months, but then you start playing again. Would it, would it take you nine years to relearn your current skill set, or? Two weeks. Yeah, that's what the same. And the music is that way too. Pretty much. Yeah, if you did, if you're not allowed to, to sing or not allowed to touch a, a, an instrument that you've been practicing for years, if you're not allowed to do that for six months, but then you went back to it, it would not take you years to. It would just, you, know, you would have that ninety something percent of your skill set is just there. That's why I say it's easier than the gym. So if you did not go to the gym for six months and then you went back, you would be, it would not be good, you know. Yeah, it's like whatever you do, it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it gets. Yeah, you literally just think of your brain as a muscle. You're just rewiring a couple neural pathways to make your brain. You know, if you changed a couple behaviors, if you changed a couple thoughts, you would change a couple behaviors, and if you change those couple behaviors, you would change your results. So it's just a, you know, cutting through the shit, understanding what are the couple of key drivers that I need to be thinking differently about so I could behave differently in, in, in a way that's congruent to who I am inside. And then the outcomes happen. There's no magic to it. What else, guys? What up? Uh, actually, uh, by the way, now, now you said, uh, you've been traveling a lot of places. What is the most, like, if you could choose the first time, what was the most, like, exciting or really, like, you have? got that in you, the first uh, culture. A, a culture to absorb that would be yeah, yeah, useful yeah. for life? If you wouldn't like uh, born in space, I don't know. You know, you know or in space, it doesn't matter. But, but if, if, if that one, why? Like, People ask you know, what your favorite place or your favorite yeah. something. And it just, you know, there, you know I love. There's a couple of restaurants that I really love here in Finland, and there's a couple of nightlife venues that I really love here in Finland, and then there's a few other nuances about the people that are really, really nice. So I really enjoy coming here a couple times a year, but I, but, but I like London too, and I like New York, and I like Hong Kong, and I like Singapore, and I like Australia, and there's those few things everywhere, you know, and uh, my accent doesn't even fit in anywhere. The, the way I speak, it doesn't even fit in anywhere because I spent many years traveling, so then it, it doesn't fit anywhere now. So it's some vague U.S. accent that wherever I am in the U.S., they think I'm from a different part of the U.S. So it doesn't really fit anymore. So it, yeah, it's weird, you know. But you know, it, just in Europe, I've been something like 33 countries, uh, no less than 33 countries. And um, um, I don't know, you know, there's there's a lot of nice places in Europe. There's places you wouldn't want to live, but you're so happy you went there one time, you know. And you know, it's little obscure things, you know. 
Bratislava or Ljubljana or Estonia or something and that you're, you're happy you went there for a day and it's, it's part of your psyche, you know. Uh, I don't want to live in those places, but very happy to be there. So pla places that I think would be more fun to live. I, I really like Manhattan a lot. If you look at my schedule, that'll tell you the truth of where do I like to go. Well, I spend a lot of time in Manhattan. I spend a lot of time in Las Vegas. Uh, I spend about three months per year in Europe. I, I like Europe quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the, those are my real, I could go anywhere. I could put any damn thing that I want to on that schedule and people will come travel to see me. So I just pick the places that, the places that I like best and then you know, a couple of unique places that I haven't gone. I'll tend to pick one here and one there just because. But uh, this, it's, not, it's not where you're at entirely. It's, you know, it's, it's who you are inside too. Is, you know, you, I feel very comfortable being anywhere because I, you know, I, I have a home. I do have a place where there's furniture and it's comfortable, but I'm, I'm also traveling like 250 days per year. So wherever I go, it just feels like home. I feel very comfortable wherever I am. I think, you know, what, what does every man want? I think all of us want more freedom and more independence. That's all money buys you. You want money so you could have the control of your time, you know? You have more freedom to, to do the things, do more of the things that you would like to be doing and less of the shit that you don't feel like doing. And uh, that, that's the number one thing money buys you is just your freedom. You can spend time with people that you want to, solves logistical problems, you can travel, you can go where you want and be with the people that you want and, and avoid the people that you'd like to, you know, not be with. So, uh, yeah, I, I very much get that. I, I had that calling very early in life. Uh, I was very dissatisfied with my childhood. And uh, I just thought about that. I, I'd, I'd say I'm rather addicted to it. Uh, you know, to to the, the point, uh, it's a weird thing to say about yourself, but to, to the point where you know, you know certain people overcompensate for things. And I, I think that way about money, that uh, I, I had, you know, or, or this fear question that came up earlier is you know, I, I, thought, I thought poverty was such, so shitty, and it's American poverty, I had American poverty. So I, I've been to third world shitty countries, and uh, you know, I, I understand what that is, and so that's a different problem, okay? But you know, I, I, I probably was at the two percentile of uh, American wealth, you know? And that really sucked, and it really bothered me, and there's a lot of problems about that, that I, I felt that strong calling of like, you know, whatever it takes to go overcome those obstacles. I, I wanted to have that financial freedom so you know I, I could spend my time around quality people and um, you know when you get away from all those little you know I, I don't want to be dramatic about it but you, you'll understand what I'm saying. When you get away from those little traumas and office politics and the little the little things you have to like bite your tongue and kind of eat shit instead of just saying what you want to say or being who you are you know. Um, yeah I, I feel like you die a little bit Every day you show up at the, the office and you, you got to pretend to be somebody you're not and get along with people that you secretly dislike and you know they secretly dislike you sometimes mm -hmm. and you're supposed to smile at each other and uh, that's the game, you know? That's what they do in these contexts. And, you know, I just feel like you die a little bit every day. When I talk to people about that, they universally agree, you know? It's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not who you are. It's not who you are inside, you know? And uh, I, I think it's the most admirable thing a, a person could do is you know, go, go procure more freedom for themselves, you know, more, more opportunity and higher quality opportunity. And you know, the, the only way to do that is you, know, you, know, you, you have to make yourself valuable to others. You have to be able to solve problems for people. And that's, that's what the study of management is. You know? I have two management degrees. What, what does that mean? It's just you know, a manager is just somebody that gets paid to solve other people's problems. You know? And you know, the, the, 
the bigger problems you can solve, the more painful the problem or the bigger the problem, the more they can pay you. And you know, there's, there's, no, there's no trickery or you don't get to be a scoundrel, you don't get to, to, to lie or cheat, it's, you know, you'll do so to your own detriment. I, I, don't, I don't think about little short-term things like that. I, I always like to think you know, big picture, long-term, big picture, long-term. Um, so, you know, the, uh, so on a philosophic level, you know, change, uh, th think, take inventory of the skills that you already have, you know, the talents and skills that you already have, and how could you use those in a different context? If you learned nothing new, now go learn some new stuff too, okay? But if you learn nothing new with the skills and talents you have now, you know, how would, how would you be able to solve a different type of problem where they could pay you more? Or somebody could pay you more for skills and talents you already have? And then, and of course, go learn something new. And you know, economics will help you with that a little bit. You don't have to do a deep dive. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to fucking spend years in business school to have a very good understanding of. You know, if you took a couple finance classes, if you took a couple accounting classes, you know, managerial accounting, financial accounting, microeconomics, macroeconomics, um, you know, statistics, so you could understand. You know, probabilities and uh, you know the probabilities of an outcome or you know variance and volatility and models and shit and some of these things you already know no doubt okay um, but you know you, you just have a you know for, you took about eight eight classes that uh, was, you're probably already a mathy nerdy type of guy uh, you know I am and you have that vibe about you too you're probably already thinking in terms of mathy nerdy type stuff with a computer background. Well, it wouldn't be hard for you to understand fucking accounting. It wouldn't be hard for you to understand what is a balance sheet? How does the, you know, income comes in, you know, here, here's the income statement, statement of cash flows, balance sheet, statement of owner's equity. These would not be difficult things for someone with a computer background to, they would understand this very quickly. It's not a difficult thing. But it, it just gives you those few extra tools in your head for, you know, for eight or so university courses, it would give you more confidence and it would open up your mind of like, you know, well, I already have a skill set in this area, but this gives me a, 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 a toolbox, if you will, to help me monetize skills that I already have. It gives me a, a different way of thinking, like, how does money work in a business, which most people just simply don't know. All right? And then, you know, what are the opportunities that perhaps I haven't been thinking of? Now, you know, a, a shortcut to that, I, I'm doing a, a talk in New York, um, October 31st till November 3rd, so four days in Manhattan, and it could be specifically about you know, marketing, sales, and negotiation. I'm not gonna talk about everything else, we're talking about marketing, sales, and negotiation. And I'm gonna have Brandon Carter promise me that he'll come. I have several other social media people that, so they're gonna teach you about you know, social media stuff on, online, uh, people that have you know, a million or a few million followers. Uh, Connor Murphy will probably come. Um, it's another friend, I don't want to say his name until I get a, a commitment from him. But um, so I'm, I'm going to bring social media people there to tell you, know, oh, how do you build, how do you build that online following? How do you, uh, now think about this, how, why are these people even friends with me? I have fucking 11,000, I have 10,900 YouTube subscribers. So why are people with, you know, 4 million YouTube subscribers hanging out with me? It's because, you know, it's not, because I can tell them how to monetize that. I can help them make a filthy, you know, a filthy amount of money with the asset that they already have that they don't know how to get the money out of it. They got a very valuable asset and they don't know how to get the fucking money out of it. That's why they even talk to me. And we, you know, we have, we're friends beyond that, you know, but I would say that's a primary financial driver. So, 
yeah, there's this, you know, they're not worried about getting a collaboration to get a couple of my YouTube followers on their channel. <laughs> Some of them get that many in a day. But uh, that, that'd be something very useful, you know, if you want to think about, you know, how to, um, how to frame things or how to, you know, again, marketing, sales, or negotiation, that'd be very useful to you if you're, if you're interested in coming to talk to the boys. They're not even a website. We'll probably build a website next month, but it's going to be October 31st till uh, 3rd of November, so four days in New York. But what were your thoughts, I'll put you on the spot, what were your thoughts of the, the last business conference that you came to with me? Yeah, so I came in, I got a corporate job. One of the main takeaways I got was in terms of how to approach your management to start taking over their position and kind of working your way up if you want to go that way. What I realized kind of going through the conference was that's not gonna happen. My, my management structure the way it is it's a, it's a dead end. So with the second day, it was all entrepreneurship. And uh, from there, actually buying my first business, closing and starting it on July 1st, and kind of all the stuff that was in the conference, kind of that's kind of set the groundwork. And then the, the second one, really excited about that because it's a lot of social media marketing base. It's a fitness studio, so all that to kind of start getting more leads, more people coming in the door. So I'm, I'm really excited about going. I signed up the, the day it was announced. Yeah, so we already have uh, I don't know, 45, 50 people have signed up, I mean, just people that came to the previous conference that many of them signed up to come to the, to the next one. But uh, you'll, you'll see it advertised in July, and if you're serious about it, just talk to one of the boys and they'll, they'll get you enrolled in it. But uh, I, I could help you with that quite a bit. And it's just, you know, the reason it's four days, and I can't say it now, is I mean, they're just a vast, I spent nine years in university studying business. I spent 21 years, you know, working on my. Well, you know, I quit my job 21 years ago. I spent 25 years, you know, working on business. You could even say more. When I was a child, I was, you know, had four paper routes and so on and so on. You know, so I, I've just been thinking about this my whole lifetime, and uh, you know, I, I, there's just nothing better you could do.